Hello, everyone. This is Deb McBride, and welcome to my astrology podcast. It is Sunday, March 24th, 2019, and we have been through an interesting little time with the full moon that we discussed last week. The moon was in Libra. The sun has entered Aries as of last Wednesday, and that night we had a full moon. I found a lot of feedback from that. People telling me things like they are anxious, they are unclear, they are worried, they have busy brain. I had busy brain. Um, People were vulnerable. People were just having a little bit of a bumpy time. So we should really be past that now. And a lot of what we experienced last week is sort of phasing out as we move into the new week with new aspects and Mercury turning around. So we have two planets changing signs in the next week, and we have Mercury going direct. So let's discuss that. First, let's handle Mercury. So Mercury is going direct at 9.59 a.m. Eastern Time, Thursday, the 28th of March. And I'm in Mountain Standard Time right now because I'm in Costa Rica. And that means it happens two hours earlier for me. However, when most of us get the start of our day rolling on Thursday, Mercury will be going direct or have been direct. And so... Mercury, being the planet of communication uh, and mental energy and thoughts and articulation, writing, all sorts of communication, Mercury is going to finish his retrograde that he's been in since the 5th of March and really move out of that state. This was a longer retrograde. It's usually 21 days tops. And this was about 23 days. Now, when we move into a station direct of Mercury, Mercury slows down for a couple days. So here we are on the 24th, and Mercury, our friend, is at 16. And he's going to be at 16 for a week, (laughs) which is a long time for him to be at one degree. One simple degree, you know, and not change. So we get to April 1st and he's still at 16. So he's going to stop in the middle. He goes to 16.06 and then he stops and turns around and he starts moving forward. Now, the interesting thing is that um, this is, like we said, Pisces and back on the 6th of March, which was a Wednesday here on this side of the world, uh, we had a new moon at 15 degrees, 47 minutes of Pisces, which is very close to 16 degrees, six minutes of Pisces. And what that means is Mercury is essentially stopping with where the point of the new moon was. And the new moon indicates new things and a new cycle. And that new moon occurred just while Mercury had turned retrograde. So it was within the 24 hour period of Mercury turning retrograde initially. And now Mercury is saying so long to retrograde and he's tipping his hat at that new moon, which means again, they're connected. So there was a connection 
somehow to the Mercury switching over, turning retrograde and the new moon. And once again, he's finishing the retrograde and he is acknowledging the new moon. That was very important. This is very important. So it's really a bracket of sorts. If you think about it, he started one way, he's ending sort of the same way. And so everything that happened in this three weeks of Mercury retrograde, three weeks plus a few days, has something to do with that new moon. And the new moon that day was with Neptune. Now, when uh, we have an astrological lunation, such as a new moon, and it is with an outer planet, we have to pay close attention to that. We have to pay close attention to the fact that, you know, it's in the sign of Pisces, Neptune rules Pisces, and here we are with the very ruler of the sign of the new moon. So this is all very interesting and very much telling us something, and for each of us, something different. Where is Pisces in your chart? Where does that belong? Where, where is it and how did that new moon manifest for you? What did you do on the new moon? Did you do a ritual on the new moon? And the new moon really was the same day that Uranus entered Taurus. Now, they were a few hours apart, but this is pretty powerful. So we had an outer planet change signs that day, and we had Mercury just change direction the day before, and we had the moon conjunct the sun, which is a new moon, on an outer planet. So back then, if you want to go back and listen to my podcast from that week, I'll talk about it quite a bit, but we're sort of recapping it because Mercury is re-acknowledging that day and that time. And this isn't something that happens very often. We don't get this where, you know, it happens to go retrograde at the new moon and then it when it goes direct, it's the degree of the new moon. It doesn't even mean that, you know, it could be a new moon. Mercury could have been in Aquarius. It could have been a whole different story, but it's not. So we have to pay attention to the Pisces portion of our chart still. Yes, we do. And that Pisces is, you know, the invisibles, the psychic abilities. Maybe you were given information. Maybe you were given psychic information or you had a dream or you had a vision or you were doing some creative inspired work and your creative inspired work really took off at that new moon. And now you're revisiting it on some level. Maybe you're revising it. Maybe you are presenting it. Maybe you got a psychic piece of information and you did something with it or you trusted it or you held it close to your heart and it will reveal more to you this week. Maybe you will, maybe you started something then. So, and then you'll get more information about that this week. So it's a very interesting thing. It is, um, they are connected. There's a synchronicity going on here. So look for the synchronicities in your life. They're very important. Synchronicities are always important. So we do have, we do have this Mercury and Pisces synchronicity. But we do have a very, this is, a, this is really quite lovely. It's sort of bringing it full circle. So just acknowledge it, own it. Maybe you'll get new information. Maybe it'll just be a dream. But that's okay. Just sort of see what it is. So that's a nice, curious thing to look forward to this week. In the meantime, today we had Mercury conjunct Neptune. So... Mercury's already getting ready and talking to us about that new moon because 
he's conjunct Neptune. He was conjunct Neptune once already. And then again, in early April, he's going to conjunct the new, he's going to conjunct Neptune again um, because he was retrograde. So on April 2nd, he's going to conjunct Neptune again because he's doing this little dance. He's spitting around. And when I say conjunct, I mean, he's going to be conjunct anyway, but this is exactitude. This means to the minute. So really essentially all week, we've got Mercury conjunct Neptune for the next 10 days or so. And that's a great time to be creative, to be intuitive, to be learning something new, to be taking something in, still listening, but being brilliant in a creative way or a psychic way or, or tuning into something very specific, being musical um, and listening carefully. And, you know, just, just being present with it because it isn't Pisces and it isn't something that is particularly tangible. So you might go to your friend and say, I had this amazing vision and this is going on and that's going on. And they look at you and they're like, huh? <laughs> because sometimes Pisces, even though it's Mercury's in Pisces and even though Mercury's with Neptune all week, sometimes Pisces just defies verbal expression. And you may look at a painting and you may say, wow, that really speaks to me, but you can't tell me verbally what it's saying. You just know it's speaking to you. That's a beautiful thing. Appreciate that. Sometimes words may fail you. Sometimes words may not be the appropriate medium by which we need to experience something. Sometimes it's just a feeling. And sometimes we want to put it into words and we cannot, or the words come later. But maybe it's just as well because it's the vision that we are preparing ourselves for this week. Maybe some very beautiful visions. So work with that. Work with that this week. Our other friend Venus is going into Pisces. So this is, this is very interesting. Now Venus is currently in Aquarius where she's very friendly and group oriented. However, on Tuesday in the afternoon, again, Eastern time, 3.43 PM, Venus is in Pisces for the next several weeks. This is special because Venus loves to be in Pisces. This is where she is exalted. Contrast to Mercury, which I've told you, Mercury does not love to be in Pisces. Mercury wants to speak words and Pisces defies language sometimes. Well, Venus loves Pisces. Venus is exalted in Pisces, loves to be in Pisces, and is at one of her best places when she's in Pisces. And so we've got a nice experience with her going in on Tuesday, the 26th, and really staying there till the 20th of April um, before she hits that Aries point. And the amazing thing is that we get to experience both this sort of Mercury on Neptune this week, really for the week, and Venus in Pisces simultaneously. So this is actually quite lovely. Maybe, maybe it will inspire all of us to be a little more creative and a little more relaxed and a little more intuitive and, and really tuning into something. So use it. Be with it. Enjoy it. It's um, Venus and Pisces. It's a really great time to be inspired. Um, and Venus and Pisces is really highly empathic. You know, she is a healer. She is the goddess. You know, she is the goddess rising out of the water. She is, you know, embracing the invisibles, the unknowns, and she is unconditionally loving. 
So where can you express unconditional love in your life? And, you know, it's not always that we get to do that. We are humans. We are, are, we are with our thoughts. We are with our judgments. We are with our, our, you know, criticisms of ourselves and everyone else. It's, it's normal and natural to be human. But this is an opportunity in these next almost, you know, three weeks to a month almost with Venus to really be unconditionally loving and supportive and unconditionally supportive. So spread some unconditional love wherever you go. Open your heart because that's what Venus and Pisces is. It's about opening your heart. This is a lovely place. This is lovely with Mercury going, you know, sitting with Neptune all week. The angels should be speaking to you. The guides should be speaking to you. Your own creativity should be speaking to you. All of that is reachable right now. So go out and look at the night sky. Embrace the stars if you can see them, if it's not too cloudy where you are. Um, embrace whatever unconditional love means to you. And just be, just be with it. So then the other planet that changes signs is on the last day of the month, on the 31st, Mars goes into Gemini. Now Mars has been in Taurus all this time and he's not entirely in love with being in Taurus, but he is okay because he had some good talking to Pluto and he had some good aspects while he was in Taurus. But now he's like getting ready to leave Taurus and go into Gemini, which he's much zippier in Gemini. Mars is a planet of action, and he really likes to take action and think and do and ex you know express and and be passionate. And so the interesting thing is he's going into Gemini, which is Mercury's sign. So this is good news because as Venus leaves Aquarius, Mars goes into Gemini a few days later, and we still have something in air which is good because we need to have words. We need to be able to speak and articulate and write and communicate easily. It's good to have a good balance of the planets in various elements in the sky. We need that. So Mars goes into Gemini on the 31st and stays there for a little while, really through all of April and half of May. So really switches signs into Cancer on the 16th of May. So we got a good, good while of articulating, writing, speaking, thinking, um, Mars and Gemini. And Mars and Gemini is a little bit of a, you know, a goofball. He's going to make silly jokes. He's going to uh, be really quick-witted. He's going to be sharp and smart and on his game. Mars likes Gemini. So use that. If, if you are in that Piscean place that we're all going to be in, that Venus and Pisces, Mercury and Pisces place where it feels nebulous and you need to articulate, Mars is going to help you do that. And that's a good thing. We've got Mars there for a while. So use that energy. Gemini is a, a mutable sign. It's flexible. It's versatile. Mars gets to do lots of things there. He doesn't like to be... You know, Taurus is a little too slow and grounded for him. He gets to be zippier, like I said, in Gemini, because he can do two things at once. He can juggle lots of things, lots of tasks. And Gemini loves to have things happen quickly and inform things quickly and make sure that information is getting into the right hands and, and 
that we have access to our words and that we're, um, we are taking action in a thoughtful manner because that's what Gemini is, is thoughtful. Rules the brain. So um, I like that. That's good. That is, that's a good place for Mars. You know, he and Venus haven't exactly been best friends in the last few days because last week we had that square that I mentioned last podcast. So Mars and Venus were, were a little bit at odds last week, but we had a lot of male-female challenges last week. So, okay, that's what we have to use. we got to use that energy, Mars, Venus. You know, it's never just, you know, Mars is, can be sexual energy, but so is Venus. They're both sexual energy in their own way, in their own style. So when they kind of clash a little bit, we start to have a little bit of questioning of those kinds of energies and the dynamics between men and women does not have to be a partner. It could be someone you work with. It could be a member of your family. It could be your neighbor, but remember that it's, it's, you know, Mars and Venus have been clashing a little bit. And so maybe continue a little bit of that, um, in once Venus moves into you know, Pisces and Gemini are, are going to clash a little bit as well, but that's okay. We're, we're moving along here and, and things are moving in a good direction generally because we were getting Mercury out of retrograde. So by the time Mars goes into Gemini, Mercury will be finished with the retrograde and there'll be a clear communication there, but the sun is in Aries and it's ruled by Mars. And so that's actually a nice dynamic, having the sun there and Mars and Gemini. They work well together. It's a good thing. Otherwise, we have the moon in Scorpio, which is void right now until tomorrow at 2 8, 6 a.m. Eastern time. Then it goes in Sag, stays in Sag all day, Monday, Tuesday when it goes void, 10.37 p.m. Eastern time. So it's not very long before there's a void. So the void happens and then it goes into Capricorn really Wednesday morning. So it's not really affecting if you live in the Northern hemisphere, especially it's not really affecting a whole lot of your uh, work time. It's more your downtime. Moons in Capricorn Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, and then it goes void 8.05 p.m. on Friday before it goes into Aquarius at 9.46 p.m. This is all Eastern time on Friday night. Very nice. And then it's in Aquarius the rest of the weekend to the 31st. And it's pretty cool. It's not void at all on Saturday, very late on Sunday. So this is good. More air in the sky. We need that. Excellent. The, the other thing is that when the moon is in Capricorn, again, remember, we are touching Saturn and Pluto. And there, I could see that on Friday. My calendar's telling me that it occults Saturn and Pluto on Friday. Now, what's an occultation? It's when the moon sort of covers them. So it's not just like passing by. It's, they're, they're really aligned and, and covering. And the moon is covering Saturn and Pluto. Not that we can see Pluto. Not that Saturn's easy to see either. I mean, you can, but it's, you know, it's, it's out there. But they're going to sort of be lined up in a, in a way that makes the moon sort of shadow them. And this is important because Saturn and Pluto, which I've been talking about for a little while, are really starting to get close to one another. 
and Saturn is now at 19 degrees of Capricorn and Pluto is at 22 Capricorn and it's really starting to slow down as, as they're both getting ready to retrograde. And what's really important for me, as I look into the month of April, and I have to do those things, you know, I have to look ahead. <laughs> um, what I'm seeing is that Saturn and Pluto are really, really starting to get in sync. And I am watching the Saturn-Pluto energy surface. And what that means is we are finally starting to get hit with the Saturn-Pluto. Meaning... It, it's here. It's on us. We're working with it. It's something we have to be very aware of. And I felt energies this week that really reminded me of what Saturn and Pluto feel like. And when people were talking about their anxiety, it started to remind me of what happens when Saturn and Pluto get together. They're tough customers. They are not going to be some swinging duo that's going to show up and like throw a party. They're going to be asking us to focus on what we want, put aside our anxiety, transcend our anxiety, and get past it and empower ourselves. So what you don't want to do is you don't want to get stuck in the place between Saturn and Pluto. So there's like three degrees between them. And when I say that, I say that metaphorically. Okay, right now there's three degrees. One's at 19, one's at 22, and there's the moon this week going into Capricorn. And on, you know, Friday, it's going to hit Saturn at 1 in the afternoon. And then it's going to hit Pluto at 7.30 at night. There's the moon besieged by Saturn and Pluto. In, now, that's, that's an astrological illustration. In your life, what you don't want to do during this time of Saturn-Pluto that we're going to have for a long time now, it's going to go the rest of this year and into next year, and there's going to be moments when it's stronger than other, and we'll talk about that. But what you don't want to do is get in that place of feeling like, oh my God, I'm in a tailspin, and I don't know what to do. Because this energy can do that to you. What we want to do is learn from it and not get stuck in what we would call the void. Um, and I don't mean a void moon. I mean our own personal void, our own personal spinning vortex that makes us get out of control, that makes our energy and our head spin, that makes us think of too many things and feel overwhelmed. And being overwhelmed with Saturn and Pluto getting closer together can be a common occurrence. It could very easily be something where you feel like you're spinning out of control, brain-wise. Not that your life is going to go out of control. You might try to convince yourself you're out of control, but that's not what's really happening. Your Saturn is where you have to confront the old fears and let them go. Pluto is the direction we're going in because it's always about transformation. It's always about embracing your, okay, I see my fear, I understand it, but I'm letting go of it because I'm going with Pluto and I'm going to transform this and I'm going to empower myself. If you're like, this is always transformation. Okay. Saturn and Pluto are forcing enough to transform. That's, that's the bottom line. We're all going to have it. We all have it someplace in our charts. When they get together, they're, they're having a conversation that we all need to listen to. And what we need to do is, and I'm going to probably say this a thousand times over the next year. Um, 
when you address something and you realize you reached your limit, limit is Saturn. You, you can no longer go here. You can't go down that road. It's a dead end. You've reached your limit. Boom. I can't go down this road anymore. Okay. So what do you do? You, you, you got to go down a different road. <laughs> you have to transcend it. You have to transcend what was the old road or, you know, the old pattern and you, you transform it. You, you have to look at it, see it for what it was, let it go, shine a light on it, let it go. And the most important thing we're supposed to be doing right now is empowering ourselves. And Saturn is going to show us every logical reason, read that as fear, why we shouldn't do that. But what if this, but what if that, and that is what's going to make your head spin. That's what's going to make your head spin. But, 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 but what if I did this? And what if I don't? And if I let go and it is that, forget it. <laughs> what do you want to be? Who do you want to be? How big do you want to be? Because if you want to be really big, if you really want to take your career or take that life or take your creativity or whatever it is, wherever Saturn and Pluto are showing up in your chart, you want to take that and, and make something big out of it. And you got to follow Pluto's advice and you have to empower yourself. You will get distracted. You'll get fooled. You'll get, you'll be told that you can't do that. Oh, you know, I know, sweetheart. It's that same story for you. No, 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 no. The story is over. You're transcending it. We're going, we're going in a rocket ship now and we're going to transcend this. We're going to just rise above it and get past our limitations to transform, to empower. That's what we have to look at now, transforming and empowering ourselves. And I've said this before, Saturn will give you a limit, you gotta go beyond it. Saturn will bring you a limit, you gotta go beyond it. Saturn is gonna be very good at showing you a very strong structure that you've built in your life and where you can expand beyond it and open the door to the transformation, to the empowerment, because that's, that's where you're going to live. Don't run away from it. Don't go small because, you know, Saturn's going to come at you with some things that remind you of when you were small, when you can be small and they seem safe and familiar, not where you want to go. You are going to feel more clear and more alive when you empower yourself and when you take Pluto's cue. I'm serious, really, because if you stand in the busy brain, if you stand in the anxiety, if you stand in the same place and stay in the void, that in-between space between Saturn and Pluto, you know, you're going to get, you're not going to get empowered. You're not going to be transformed. You're, you're going to have to transform, but you're going to have to like you know, give, give yourself a kick in the, the boot, you know, <laughs> you're going to have to do, you know, do something for yourself. So Saturn and Pluto are asking us to transform. They're going to show us what it is, where the limit was, and they're going to show us how to do it. And it might be confusing, but the only way out is up. The only way through is up. The only way is to empower yourself because really you don't want to do anything else. You want to empower yourself. And they are getting closer, and they are going to retrograde within a week of each other at the end of April. So this is my cue as an astrologer to let you know that we're getting very close to this. They are speaking to each other 
They're whispering in each other's ears. They're speaking to each other. They're speaking to us very closely. They are here. We're now waiting until the exact conjunction of January 12, 2020. They're here. They're present. They're talking. It's not, like I've said before, you have a baby this week. Your baby has a Saturn-Pluto conjunction. Okay, so we're on it. And we're going to breathe it in and we're going to transcend. We're going to transcend and rise up and empower. And those are the actions we need to take with Simon Pluto. So on that note, I wish you a very lovely week as Venus goes into Pisces for place of exaltation and Mercury turns around finally and we get clear. And Mars visits Gemini where he can do lots of things at the same time. And... I hope you all enjoy this week and enjoy that beautiful Mercury and Neptune, Venus and Pisces, and be inspired. My name is Deb McBride. My website is debmcbride.com. I am available for astrological sessions. I do them remotely. And my Twitter is at Deb Astrology, as well as my Instagram. And I do sell astrocartography for... Um, astrophotography reports on my website if you are interested in such a thing that tells you helps you decide where to live or visit or work anyway have a good week see you next week